you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Loves Justin Herbert's balls. Welcome to another edition, my goodness, of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler. Chris Wesley, Greg Rosenthal, what's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, Monday is with Wes, a holiday Monday with Wes. Oh, yeah. Party time. Everybody in the pool. Uh, I, I figured, uh, yeah, with Labor Day, um, I would assume a lot of competing podcasts, they're in pools right now and at local parks playing Frisbee. Uh-uh, not this podcast. We are grinding, Sessler, and that's how we'll always be. Well, it's, you know, and for those of us uh, who are in Los Angeles, which is all of us, I lived here for 15 years and do not remember a stretch of days nearly this hot. Hmm. I mean, it's it's like crushing heat. And I'm in a room it's right now where like, like the television in my room is sweating. I mean, it's <laughs> unpleasant <laughs> conditions. All right. Hang in there, Mark. This is a there's a reason to be excited because football begins this week. And like we teased at the end of the Friday show, uh, we have so much coming up both individually and as a group. As a group, we got something very fun for the first time ever on Wednesday. uh, We will be holding a live Q&A and TNF preview on YouTube on the official NFL handle of YouTube uh, check out our Instagram handle at the ATN podcast and on Twitter at around the NFL uh, for linkage. Uh, but that is coming up on Wednesday. In addition to, of course, uh, today's show, uh, which uh, includes our iconic go get my lunch season predictions uh, segment. And then coming up on Thursday, we preview every single game to come in week one. Wes, you know, listen, it's been a, a fight for you. Wes. You have so much going on in your life, but, how about football back? That's a nice thing, even in a heat wave. Yeah, I like football in September, October. 
not so much in May and June, but yeah, the calendar <laughs> says it's time for football. So all of the um, hype that we've gone through the past few months out the window. Now we just play games. And there was less of it. I mean, it was kind of nice. On some, it wasn't nice. The reason why, but the the reality that there was a little less hype feels like okay, it's just the season's here. That's good. All right, yeah, the, we have the so much. Henchmen are about to take me out for that comment that we can't have the whole calendar. <laughs> That's been fun, Wes. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Actually, I see someone at the door right now. Um, all right, go go get my lunch coming up a little bit later. But first, we got to get caught up on all of the news, and there's lots of it. Let's do it, Ricky. On third down and ten, good protection here. That- Will you remember me? Galladay, what a start for Blau. Touchdown, Detroit. <laughs> what a start for Blau. Touchdown, Detroit. It's cut down. It was cut down weekend in the NFL. And uh, Mark, I'm going to throw it to you right now. Obviously, a somber moment here. Uh, David Blau does not make the team in Detroit. A setback for Blauhard Nation, no doubt. Well, it is a setback. But I mean, you know, we all go through chapters uh, in our life that represent wins and losses. And I just think that the Blauhards, um, you know, I know I know a lot of these people personally. It's a resilient group, and David Blau is a resilient. Uh, player and it's not just like oh uh oh what you know what happened in Detroit is the end it is the beginning of 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 the rest of David Blau's life and if you think the newsletters are going to stop no we're on issue sixty one it's a thirty seven page hand typed letter that I worked on over the weekend I'm sending it out um you know they're just saying they're taking mailboxes away all over the place I see one <laughs> up my street and that's still there and so these newsletters are getting to the Blauhards and we you know what just like Adrian Peterson latched on somewhere else. I think the same is going to happen in David Blau when the bullets start flying and quarterbacks start going down. It's yep. just the beginning. Well, here's a lead for your next newsletter. He's on the Lions again already. He's on the practice squad. So, I mean, he's, he's got a job. Uh, <laughs> David Blau, uh, it's not over. I mean, well, maybe pro- maybe that was the concern that you mentioned. You know, the, I know the, the post office is concerned with like a surge of potential uh, mail in November. It, the Blau newsletter has not helped with that. It's just been a lot. It's been a lot for That's the post a setback. office to handle. You're right. And the problem is when an update like that occurs, you know, and I've this is a hand typed letter. I've got to go do the thing where you put like you you tape you get a new little typewritten line and put it with a piece of tape over you know the, the existing newsletter. It's very old school, but it's um it's for the it's for the real type of news junkies out there. We can always find a company and steal their mail. Um, oh wait, you've already done that and got in trouble for it. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, let's Long be careful ago. with the federal government, Mark. Yes, it's not the beginning of the end for David Blau. It's the end of the beginning. And it is the beginning of the Jeff Davian Clowney era in Nashville. The defensive lineman size on one year, $15 million contract. There's incentives in there, but uh, he signs a deal that's not too bad considering how poorly his free agency hunt turned out um, over the past few months. And yes, Clowney to the Titans. Wes, that's something that you had connected the dots on, that that always made sense. They certainly had the need there when Jarrell Casey was traded to uh, Denver. Uh, What were your thoughts on what Clowney could bring to Tennessee? 
Thank you. I, I believe I did have that all off season. Clowny to the Titans. There's a connection with Mike Vrabel, who used to um, be with the defensive coaching staff in Houston uh, when Clowney was there. So there's some familiarity. They needed edge rushers badly in Tennessee. We talked last week about how you can't expect the offense, even if they have really good players, to be at peak efficiency like they were the last two months of the season last year. So a lot of their improvements going to have to come on defense, and they need impact players. We can get into um, Clowney sack totals in a little bit, but I think he is an impact player. <laughs> and then there's the other part of the story, Greg, which is really where it gets fun from a um, football insider perspective, is that the Saints wanted Clowney badly, but the Saints had an issue with their salary cap. They couldn't afford what Tennessee was willing to pay. So the Saints did a lot of work, and Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero worked together on uh, building out the backstory. Uh, do you want to explain it to the audience, Greg, so I don't have to? Thanks. Yeah, I don't even know if I totally understand it either. But basically, uh, you know, they were they were going to make a trade uh, in which um, now I'm blanking. You know, the, the mystery team, which supposedly was the Browns in the case of the Saints trade, was going to give Clowney a five million dollar signing bonus and then trade him over the, to the Saints for a second round pick. So the Browns pay five million dollars. The Saints pay the rest of Clowney's contract, which let's say it's a, a base salary about ten million, and then they get in at fifteen million. The Browns will have paid five. They get a second round pick from the Saints. The Saints pay ten. They're under the salary cap. Everyone's happy. It's a two part trade. The NFL reportedly did not allow it. They didn't like what the look was in it. Uh, now Pro Football Talk reports there was a whole other setup with the Jaguars and where the Jaguars were going to get the pick and the Ravens were going to get Clowney. So they were working this on multiple fronts. I think the Saints one got further, at least uh, from the sound of our reporters, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero. I don't really understand why the NFL didn't allow it when um, I don't know if there's a clear rule against it. And so I don't blame uh, the Browns and the Saints if they are upset that this did not happen for being upset because I don't think the rules are that clear and maybe they'll make them clear now uh, that you can't do this. I mean, other sports do this all the time, uh, and this would have just been like a two-part trade. I mean, the the deal a couple years ago where the Browns uh, took a second-round pick from the Texans to take on Brock Osweiler's you know salary, and, and you can you can song and dance that and say that he was actually part of a competition. No one really bought it. I mean, that was essentially. No less vague than this would have been. It was two part. This one was two part. So it was a little different in that Clowney would have been traded literally the day after he signs with the Browns. You know, he's on the roster for one day and it, it is different. But um, I don't lo- I you know, why? Why squash creativity? Why, the, have, the- why have a salary captain? Well, I, you could say that in any sport, too. There are ways to work around it in, in the NFL. Well, this is about fairness. Right. It's, it's about a slippery slope and making sure that in the NFL, the most egalitarian, the most socialist sport, that the rich teams aren't able to just already, open up their pocket but and spend way more money. But it's already like that. That I guess that's that's where I have a. You, you say it's a sliding scale, and that that is true, Wes. And I think that's the argument against it. But you also look at the way that the the revenues that teams generate is a huge advantage because teams like the Cowboys and 
and Washington or whoever, they they front load money all the time where they're operating like money that they give to teams is way bigger than the small market teams. And that's a way that they take advantage and they push the cap stuff into the future of having more money. Um, so it, it's something like lawyers are going to get involved with, I suspect. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> I, you know, and I did, I got, I was being a little bit of a stinky Davis on Twitter last week. And I mentioned that, you know, simply Jadavian Clowney had three sacks last year. Uh, and I know all you nerds out there. I understand you real tape dogs. Wes, I'm not talking about you, uh, that tell us what a huge impact he has. Uh, but you're still getting a guy. If you think that he makes the Titans better, I agree. If you think he's the guy that's going to put him over the top, I don't know if we've seen that in his six or seven years in the league to be able to make that comment. Mm. Biggest weak spot, though, for the Titans. That's the thing is he's filling a huge weak spot. I don't think this move happens unless Vic Beasley has a disastrous camp where uh, he shows up late. He hasn't been on the field. He's hurt. There's some questions about motivation. And now they're getting like another chance to get a pass rusher. I fully expected Dan to have some fire-breathing sack take, so I had Ricky cut this clip from Packers outside linebackers coach Mike Smith. Wow! Whoa! I don't know what happened. A long time ago, somebody, you know, this is probably when I started recording sacks or or some, you know, fans, coaches, whoever it may be, um, defined a, a great pass rusher, having a great season, um, or effective pass rusher off of sacks. And that's the one that I hate to use the word stupid, the stupidest things I've ever seen. When they're in the game, are they affecting the quarterback with the with the pressures? The because sacks are important. Don't get me wrong. People think I don't care about sacks. They just can't believe that. That's the only way to be successful because you're going to have a disappointing room. I, I think um, I guess all reasonable minds here can agree that Clowney may not have the sack totals that you thought he would coming into the league. But Dan, you and I, and Greg and Mark, we've all sat here on nationally televised games. And, and watched him disrupt an offense, like single-handedly take an offense out of what it wants to do. And regardless of what the sack totals say at the end of the year, there aren't that many guys who can do that. I mean, also, he goes to a Titans team that they were 11th in DVOA against the run last year. And I think the Clowney, and this isn't you know maybe the sexiest part of his game, but it's one of the more ferocious run stoppers in the AFC. And I can't wait to see what happens when it's Clowney versus Laramie Tunsil with Bill O'Brien on the other sideline, having to deal with the player that he moved out of Houston. Ooh, that's fun. Two times a year. But an answer to whoever that defensive coach was, who was it again? Mike Smith. The other Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Yeah, I just, I guess my, my counter to that is, okay, yeah, that, I get that, you know, sacks don't tell the whole story, but then why does Aaron Donald have 20 every year and all the great guys <laughs> on the defensive lines, Not they not only disrupt games, they also end up with double-digit sacks year well, after year when they're I healthy. think the answer would be, I like, Aaron Donald can be just as good getting 10 sacks as he does getting 20 sacks, just based on beating double teams and causing disruption. All right. But, Jada- hey, Jadavian Clowney, give me 10 sacks. That's never happened before. Here's the question, Dan, I think Clowney needs to answer. I'm stupid, Mike Smith. I'm sorry. No, as, as he gets <laughs> older, are we going to see Pete Clowney? Because, yeah, he took over a game or two last year. I'm thinking of that. I think it was the 49ers game 49ers he took over. Um, but he's had these injuries that he plays through, and he's coming up not practicing in camp again, which has been a habit for him. He's had slow starts. He's a streaky player. And as you get older, you do worry about, okay, or is he going to be able to do it week after week? And that's one of the reasons he didn't get the, the big contract he wanted. I do he like did get a big contract. 
He's another contract about? figure. He already so. got a one million dollar, a, a one year, twelve million dollar contract. Vic Beasley got one for nine point five. Floyd from the Rams got one for ten or eleven. That's a massive disappointment for Clowney. Clowney got one year, fifteen million, twelve million, and he gets to go back on the market. Reason incentives. I mean, that doesn't. A lot of people have incentives. He got one year, twelve million. Um, it's a little better than Floyd and, and Beasley, but it's a disappointment for him. I, and I think it, it's a good value for the Titans. I mean, Clowney also gave up. There was reports that Cleveland offered him $18 million a year, and not just for right. one year, but over two or three. So his own business handling is a little suspect this offseason. All right, let's uh, keep moving here. Mitchell Trubisky is the week one starter in Chicago. Adam Schefter was the first to report this. We'll see how long that lasts, Mark, uh, because Nick Foles is in the building. He's got a guaranteed contract. He's Nick Foles. But why do you think they chose Trubisky? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't think that we really got a chance to watch the only real quarterback battle around take place the way that it would have in a normal season, where I think preseason games would have been um, watched closely and maybe really separated these two guys. Uh, The reports are that Trubisky – you know, played better in camp than some expected, that he wasn't a total disaster. And the last, last year's camp was flooded with those reports that Trubisky was a, a hot mess. So I think that probably that combined with the fact that your general manager and coach, um, you know, want to probably confirm their own bias that Mitchell Trubisky can be a starter. And, you know, that's fine. My problem is, is that you're still in a sticky situation with Nick Foles behind you that you traded a fourth round compensatory pick and offered 21 million guaranteed to, um, who's now on the bench. And the minute the Trubisky struggles, which will be about 15 minutes into week one, <laughs> like it just creates a very uncomfortable situation for a player who I think has probably, um, you know, confidence wise has been dealing with more than most young quarterbacks out there. I, do I think he's the better quarterback? I don't know. My thing is this, like Nick Foles is unreliable in terms of probably lasting 16 games, but he's still sitting there and they're going to see him the minute Mitch struggles. I feel like this is kind of a non-story in a way because it makes sense that the Bears would keep Trubisky as the starter. Yeah, they didn't they decline his option. Yeah, they don't believe in him the way they um, they don't think that he's going to be maybe the superstar uh, that they hoped he was going to be. But also, you know what? Why not give him one last shot here? But on the terms of it's probably going to be the shortest leash you've ever seen, as in come a week from today, (laughs) head coach Matt Nagy announced that Nick Foles will be starting week two against the Giants. Like that's the type of leash we're working with. And I fully expect us, just like I think everyone in this room, uh, virtual room, feels that Nick Foles is probably playing by Halloween at the very latest. They're opening against the Bears and the Packers, so they're two big division rivals right off the bat. I think their schedule of opposing defenses is overall very forgiving, especially after those first two games. So that might be a spot where Trubisky can't go 0-2 against their two biggest rivals. It's not surprising either that Foles didn't look great in camp. Supposedly neither of them looked great in camp, and so the tie went to Trubisky since he's been there. Um, Eagles reporters always say Foles, for for whatever reason, uh, never really – lit it up and can't be there. He's, he's lit it up in some games and he hasn't in others. Like it's, it's not that surprising that he didn't totally impress. I think we see one of the reasons why they signed fools. And I thought maybe it was because of familiarity, but just as much it's about, he can credit Trubisky can credibly beat fools in a competition <laughs> and he can't credibly beat Cam Newton in competition. That's, that's fair. Mm. Doug. That's fair. 
Uh, let's talk some money matters. The Texans get an important contract done, the most important contract. It's Deshaun Watson who signs a four-year, $160 million deal, takes him through 2025, $111 million guaranteed, get that bag. And this feels like, uh, Wes, a best-case scenario for all parties. For Deshaun Watson, he gets paid a massive amount of money that sets him up for the next 10 lifetimes and he gets another bite at the apple by the time he's 30. And then for the Texans and Bill O'Brien, you don't have this anvil hanging over your head that after the day, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the righteous anger about that trade that they could somehow maybe let's hypothetically say have a really bad season and Deshaun Watson's unhappy and he's not under contract. And then you have a potential mess on your hands. Mm. This kind of calms things down in Houston, doesn't it? Well, I think Watson is one of the biggest no-brainer guys to extend. I mean, what more do you want out of a guy from a face of the franchise perspective? Um, and I immediately went back to one of my favorite football articles I've ever read was a, I think a 2014 interview with Steve Young in the San Francisco Chronicle. And he's just talking about running quarterbacks, um, paragraph and verse about how most, most quarterbacks in the NFL who run are dual threat quarterbacks. They can run outside the pocket uh, and pick up yards with their legs, but they can also run outside the pocket to pass. And he was saying they can change the position forever. Quarterbacks can change the position forever when they become triple option, when you combine those first two things with exhausting the play from the pocket and staying in there. And I think about Cornhole, Greg, when you first started, and there was this stubbornness about picking up the spin because you can do just fine. Like you can stay competitive without picking up the spin. That's how running quarterbacks are c- coming into mm. the NFL. They tread water. They stay alive by running their way out of trouble. And there's no urgency. Peyton Manning has to learn to win the play from the pocket. <laughs> but Deshaun Watson did not have to learn to. He did that uh, of his own volition. And, and good for him for doing that, putting in the time. I think he is a triple threat quarterback. Mm. I mean, he can almost stay there too long. He is a little like me. I go with the the backspin, you know, which is it's almost like ha- he's halfway there, which is a little bit like Russell Wilson, who I think is the best comparison for Watson. Because man, he does stay in the pocket. You're right; he wins from the pocket. Sometimes he stays back there so long, you're like, all right, get rid of it. But the reason he can do that is because of one of those uh, three options he has, which is at the very last minute, he can make one of those heartbreaking plays that beat the Bills last year where three guys are coming at him and he just makes magic. And, and you're right. He's put it all together. I loved watching the emotions from him um, and what it means for him and his family and how, how far he's come and, and what he's lost. And I don't know, there's not many guys you root for more than him. And, and it gives Billy B, I think a little bit of a, little bit of security. I, you know, I know he's always going to be on the hot seat, but he was heavily involved in the trade up for Deshaun Watson. And as long as that offense and Deshaun keeps playing well under Billy B and there's really no reason to think it won't like that's going to help Billy B keep his job. I'll never forget the first time we really saw Deshaun Watson, you know, thrive for the Texans was at Wes's house and it was a Thursday night game against the Bengals. And by the end of that game, you know, the, you know, we're not big college football guys, but, it, but the beginning was like, how is this going to work? And by the end, you just think of all the hideous quarterbacks that Bill O'Brien dealt with with the Texans. I mean, just a laundry list of, of trash bags. And then you knew right then they have something. They have something for a long time going forward, and it's not changed since. And then maybe it's good for all of us to remember when, again, all that righteous anger and it was deserved. Uh, the DeAndre Hopkins trade was terrible. But – 
their their floor in Houston is always going to be higher than people realize it because Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. So in December, when we're trying to figure out who's going to win the AFC South, when the Texans are in the mix, like I expect them to be, it's going to be because of the guy behind center. Other business matters. Keenan Allen signed a four-year extension with the Chargers uh, that is worth more than $80 million, uh, per Rappaport, so they lock up their – uh, number one uh, receiver, 28 years old, and uh, Tyron Taylor is going to need Keenan Allen to keep that offense moving. Also, Tredavious White, uh, the cornerback of the Bills, gets four-year $70 million, uh, $55 million guaranteed. And finally, the most underrated player on the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, defense Cam Hayward, he gets a four-year 71. This is all in the same ballpark. Interesting. Four-year $71.4 million extension through 2024 West, the tape dog cam hayward what makes him so special and why does he help the steelers the way he does well he's a good all-around end in a three four i mean he plays the run occupies blockers and gets after the passer and when you do all pro list every year you pencil in aaron donald first and then after that there's a group of guys and cam hayward is always in that group Every year for the past three, four years, he's in that next group down as a guy who's an obvious pro bowler and might just be an all pro as well. Hmm. Keenan Allen was a big contract for them. He's only 28 still somehow. He's been so productive. You think of him getting hurt a lot, but he's played 16 games three straight years. And uh, that was a big offseason, big camp, I think, for Telesco. So much for the pandemic, like, you know, chowderheads like me are like, well, in this pandemic and the salary cap's going down next year, not going to be a lot of big business. You know, you're not going to be a lot. You're not going to see these contracts. They're going to roll over to next year. And it's like, no, there was tons of huge contracts. They're not worried about next year. They're getting, they're getting people signed and the charges, especially getting Bosa and Keenan Allen signed, uh, avoided some, some problems for next year. Yeah, like well, a what if devil's advocate, what if all these teams are making massive mistakes? These are unbelievable players. My point is, wait, let me finish my point. My point being that it gets set at 175 and then the market gets flooded next year with all these veterans that no one would expect it to be on the free agent market. Actually sounds kind of fun. Maybe not for them. Well, that's interesting, but I, I mean, I, for me, you know, there's a lot of Bills fans saying, well, this is what we couldn't do with Stefan Gilmore. We had, he got away from us and that, and it shows that with white that, that this is a whole different type of deal. And it is. I mean, you want to see good teams. That was Sean McDermott's first draft pick. And it isn't just confirmation bias the same way, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky and other guys that, you know, don't deserve the third and fourth chance. I, I like the signing here because to me, it just shows that this, this organization is as stable as it's been since the nineties. And, and you're going to develop and keep talent and bad teams don't bad teams draft poorly. And then when they hit on someone, they can't keep them around. In other news, the Detroit Lions have added yet another running back to their stable. It's Adrian Peterson. You may have heard of that guy. No, not the defensive back that used to be on the Bears. That poor mm. guy. He was a running back. timing to be. Well, there, was back. A, oh, there, there was a running, running back. back on the Bears, yeah. <laughs> From Georgia <laughs> Southern. Rough. Yep. He messed yep. up a lot of Brutal. fantasy drafts, that Adrian Peterson. Brutal timing. <laughs> Brutal timing. In fact, the, the most egregious, like, uh, lack of respect for friends. My cousin Eric once told me that he accidentally took the wrong Adrian Peterson first <laughs> overall years ago, and they didn't let him change it. 
Think about it. Find a find a new friend. Get some new friends. It's like someone who exactly. took the Lamar Jackson defensive back on the Jets. I feel bad for that Lamar Jackson because everyone like makes a joke every time he loses his job. It's like okay, calm down. Let's, There's let's a new AJ out. Green too. Yeah, there was a Cam Newton who was a guard. I mean, right, <laughs> stuff happens. All right, Adrian Peterson signed a one-year, one million dollar contract with the Lions. Uh, reunites Peterson with uh, Daryl Bevel. The offensive coordinator, they were both together in Minnesota. A lot of guys uh, in that backfield. You have uh, on Johnson, the starter last year, rookie DeAndre Swift, Bo Scarborough, and now you have Adrian Peterson. My only thought on this one, uh, Greg, is the bar is set very low for Peterson. You could even say he might just be a hold-the-fort guy until these other guys get healthy. But we'll see. Maybe he surprises us and, and gets more playing time in Detroit. Well, to to Wes's credit, who's never stopped uh, flying that Peterson flag. Peterson ran really well last year. I mean, he's not a third down guy, but he was a, I think, at least an average, probably better than average, just starting running back in terms of his pure running. And you're right. Scarborough is going to injured reserve for three or four weeks. And DeAndre Swift is banged up. So that's probably part of it. But it won't be surprising to me if, like, we get to December and Adrian Peterson is taking big carries and meaningful games for Mark Sessler's Detroit Lions. Well, I mean, if you're carry on right. Johnson, if you're carry on Johnson, like, number one last year when he was the dude, like, Matt Patricia and no one inside the organization talked about carry on Johnson as the, the answer or bell. He's never been healthy. He's never been healthy. They don't like his yeah. – yeah, but they also – then you go out and draft, like, DeAndre Swift. And I think that they're just – camp did not go right for them. They wanted Swift to be the dude, and he's he's – Mike G said, Mike Garofolo said that, you know, the knee issue that he has right now gives, sets Adrian Peterson up for a really big week one workload. Hmm. So, I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Daryl Bevel well, trusts him. I thought it was interesting that the Chiefs wanted to reunite Peterson with Eric Bieniemy, but they didn't think with the Thursday night game there was enough time there to get him on the roster and get him ready to play by Thursday night. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, in other news, uh, Adrian Peterson's former team, the Washington football team, Guess what? Alex Smith is on the roster. How about that? The veteran quarterback coming off 17 leg surgeries uh, will open the season uh, as a part of the quarterback's room in Washington. It is actually, you'll see this with the final cutdowns that happen all through the weekend. More teams are keeping three quarterbacks because of pandemic fears. Uh, Alex Smith beyond that had a ton of guaranteed money coming his way, uh, but he'll be in there. Kyle Allen is the backup behind Dwayne Haskins, who was officially announced as the starter as expected. Uh, so just, uh, you know, obviously a great story. Uh, Wes, Alex Smith will be uh, on a roster to start the season, whether he plays or not. We'll see. That we see every September guys who make the final roster and then immediately get cut um, or, or re-signed after week one. And I always think at the time, you know, we make too big of a deal about the final roster, but I think there's a ritual to it in, in football circles. And for Alex Smith, what he's been through, credit alone just for making this roster. I mean, I don't even care what he goes on to do the rest of the year. Just the ritual nature of making surviving cuts in football—that's a big thing—and and he did it. Um, my hats off to him. I know when you're going through something awful like this, um, working hard and keeping your mind active keeps you young and keeps your mind off of other things. And I think that's a lot of what drives him. Hmm. I mean, and think of the value he brings just be, being there. You're telling me that they're not like a better 
quarterback room with him there. I mean, having him there is going to make, should make Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins better, should make a lot of people better. I mean, just to to have that sort of example. And And who knows, it would be fun if he, I guess if he plays, if it gets to that point, I mean, you're a little anxious about it, or I am, but but if not, what Wes said is absolutely true. It's an amazing way. If, if this is how his career ends, it, it's kind of an amazing way that he did it on his own terms. And on the subject of veteran quarterbacks uh, that can help teams in different ways, the Eagles signed Josh McCown to their practice <laughs> squad. The oldest practice squad player in the history of the NFL at 41 years old. Again, this would not have happened if it weren't a pandemic year. They had to. Uh, they jumped up the practice squad this year from 10 to 16 players. And, McCau- and and McCown will live in Texas, join the team in virtual meetings, and then serve uh, as the emergency quarterback yes. if something bad happens. How about that, Mark? Uh, the well, 40-something bros out there have a reason to celebrate. I love it, and I still pre- I still believe strongly that he will start a game this year and have to be you know shipped in from Texas. That wouldn't be good. Out there. That would be good. He's making 12K a week. So the new practice squad, you're making $12,000 a week. He's just showing up to Zoom. He's still like coaching his kids in football. It's a pretty good deal to be able to to swing. Nice that. little passive income there. <laughs> it's it's got to be nice for all you old guys born in the 70s to have another 70s guy still hanging around. It, it is What's so nice. Like? God, I remember when I first moved out to L.A. <laughs> and um, Josh McCown was coaching high school football. Way back then, right. like seven, eight years ago, and now he's not even right. retired yet. <laughs> he hadn't even been your making the leap candidate yet at that point, Wes. <laughs> what a weird career. Uh, in other news, speaking of weird career, Josh Rosen is on the street. In 2018, he was the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft by the Arizona Cardinals. They traded him after one year uh, to the Miami Dolphins. And this, I kind of forgot about this part, Greg, that the Dolphins gave up a second-round pick and a fifth yeah. rounder to get Josh Rosen. They give him three starts. He makes about a hundred pass attempts. And then they say, ah, we're done with him too. So at some point, you know, I know everyone seems to be, Oh, you know, woe is Josh. And you know, he, he's never had a chance, but I don't know. He probably could have flashed, probably had an opportunity last year to keep himself in the mix in Miami. And it, even if it was a small sample size, it was a chance. And now he's on the street. Well, the Dolphins told you what they think of him. I mean, they have, they think he has no value. They had, they think he has no future potential to be Tua's backup. Or there's other reasons why they just feel more comfortable with him not there anyways. Obviously, you want the roster spot, um, but he still is under contract for a couple more years. As you said, they sunk uh, that draft pick, and Dolphins fans will come at you. Too. Well, they had moved down in the second round before they did it, and you know what? I don't think it was a bad <laughs> trade. I think it was worth taking a swing. I always say that. Keep taking swings at quarterback until you get one, and if you're going to miss, it doesn't matter. It's worth it. They're, they're going to miss plenty of these draft picks that they made, and they apparently missed on Rosen. Um, but it, it's pretty, it's pretty telling that they think he has that little value that they don't even want to keep him on their 53 man roster. He supposedly had some active offers, but he's joining the bucks, um, where Byron Lefwich is who really stuck up for him after their year in Arizona together. And so that to me is, it's not about Tom Brady. It's about the relationship I think between Byron Lefwich, the coordinator there and Josh Rosen and Rosen really seeing that situation as if, if I'm going to be saved, it's by this guy. Uh, as a coach, and obviously Bruce Arians too. I'm with Dan on this, though, because you look at like someone like Steve Kime, who was, you know, Q rating, you know, not high for Steve Kime back when he even took Josh Rose. He's had some, he had some issues off the field himself. But 
he was convinced by, you know, QB guru Cliff Kingsbury to eat the L on the Josh Rosen draft pick, move him, and then draft an entirely different quarterback. Cliff Kingsbury didn't believe in Josh Rosen. Steve Kime was willing to go there. Now a second front office and coaching staff feel the same way. At some point, and it's easy to feel bad for the circumstances he's been in, but at some point, Josh Rosen, a top 10 pick at the quarterback position, is going to have to prove to someone that he has what it takes to survive in the NFL. It's unprecedented. I mean, if he doesn't, it's it's unprecedented. There have been no top 10 quarterback really no first round quarterbacks with with this hap- that happened to them in their first two years just it's just never ever happened speaking of weird stuff Wes how about this one the Dolphins acquire running back Lynn Bowden and a 2021 sixth round pick from the Raiders in exchange for a 2021 fourth round pick okay so two things here number one the um, Raiders get back a draft pick that they had already sent to the team and also, Lynn Bowden is a rookie. He got <laughs> traded before his rookie season. A third-round pick. I mean, that is... Pick 80. It's not like one of those third. weird comp- comp- compensatory where it's like 102 or something. like. No, it's like pick 80. All That's- we ever hear, all we ever hear if you read, read people leading up to a draft is, oh, everybody talks about the first round, but the second and third round, that's where true champions are built. <laughs> well, what are you doing in, over there in Vegas? Well, Lake? I mean... So they had him at running back, but Miami's going to make him a wide receiver, which I think they view to be, you know, where the more upside is. And, you know, the athletic reported that Bowden, uh, did not have a good camp and that they, there was this line from our friend Vic Tafer, I believe. I still don't know if, how we're saying that That's name, right. but Vic Tafer said that some inside the building thought he was more concerned with picking up new cars than a playbook. So oh, no, yes, it's that. a loss for the Raiders, that but makes- I also. The Raiders like basically are saying we don't want certain types of players in our building necessarily. And so uh, you got value back to some degree. Yeah, that was a project pick to begin with when you're taking a guy who played quarterbacking. You assume you can just switch. He has enough talent where you can just put him at running back or receiver. They had him at running back, like Mark said. And Vic Tafer wasn't the only one who said he had a bad camp. Just about everyone who well, went. Well, yeah. The trade said so. I mean, they dumped him. I also don't want to hear, well, they got something back. Okay, you didn't get a pick back. You got a pick swap. You got a day three pick swap from round four to six. You didn't get an extra player. You're moving up 60 spots on the on the third day of the draft, uh, you know, when they've got, you know, people interviewing fans out in the middle of uh, the street and not even paying attention to the picks. I mean, I, honestly, and we everyone likes Mike Mayock, and he was a nice guy when he worked with us, but – if the Browns did this, if the Jets did this, it would have been laughing stock type stuff. And it's it's just it's not a great look. And yeah, maybe he's interested in cars this summer in quarantine or whatever. I don't even know how they would know so much about that. But like, you know, you have an entire pre-draft process to find out if the guy is a knucklehead. Apparently that they, they didn't. Uh, if that's indeed the case, they did a bad job on that front, too. Gruden gives up on on mistakes and changes his mind emotionally very quickly. That happened all the time in Tampa. And they signed two veterans this offseason, Demarius Randall and Amukamura, one of whom got big money, guaranteed salary. They both didn't even make the team. I mean, look, the Patriots are like that too. They'll give up on guys quickly when they decide this guy is is not for me. I make a statement. Yeah, No no reverse gears in this tank. Dan wants to put Bill Belichick and Jadavian Clowney into a car that's just going to careen off a cliff. I mean, when you're done with people, you are done with them. 
<laughs> you see those subway I, I mean, though? You know, what an actor. I mean, what did, an actor. Did you remember that old uh, PSA, Mark? I learned it from watching you. <laughs> I, I think it was, yeah, I learned it from watching you, Dad, where the dad's like, why did my son start smoking at 16 while he has like his fifth cigarette in his mouth? Um, all right, two quick transaction <laughs> things before we get to the sandwich props. Randy Gregory. Uh, there's a report out there that he's been reinstated. He hasn't played since 2018, but the Cowboys now have them have him in the building. I don't think he's going to play right away. There's an acclimation period, apparently. He'll miss at least six games. And the Giants are going to release cornerback DeAndre Baker, their 2019 first-round pick, 30th overall. Of course, he's caught up in a very uh, – Ugly legal situation involving a uh, robbery with a firearm. If he's convicted, it's a minimum, mandatory minimum sec- sentence of 10 years. And when you factor in his legal issues and the fact that he was even caught up in this, the Giants are washing their hands of Baker. Mm. That's what's happening in the news. All right. It's time. Uh oh. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Oh, you know what the people, the people with that fake misophonia, misophonia. It is not fake. It is not fake. Smarty pants. How is it fake? It's phony. You don't experience it, so it doesn't exist to you. You tell me what we're listening to right now is not hideous. That is hideous to the ears. (laughs) You just throw a clinical name onto something and then it's, it's fine. Like if people are, people are pathological, then it's, it's excusable behavior. (laughs) But but listen, Mark, honestly, Mark, listen, misophonia. It's right there in the title. You don't have to buy it. You could have come up with a better name. Um, but I will say that like one of my happiest, um, aspects to, you know, working remotely, is that I do not have to sit in that newsroom and I can hear someone from four like rows of cubes away eating something. Oh, I know. I stopped, I stopped like bringing yogurts to work after I uh, realized it was getting on, uh, getting on Mark Strader. It's ironic though, Mark, that on, on Friday on our broadcast, um, that you were the one that had, you know, one of the most um, troubling <laughs> coughs into a mic, terrible. in which I think we learned what you had eaten for the last fourteen I, days, so because- uh, and everyone on the on the call and on the show was listening. It All the was people behind it the was seats. so bad that I like thought about it for hours after, and I sent a text <laughs> apologizing. Then I'm thinking of all the people behind the scenes whose text, <laughs> like whose numbers I don't have and how much they, I, what I had done was just, to, I'm not some barbarian. I knew I had been dealing with a cough that <laughs> no. day. I hit the mute button. Yeah, you, you did I it. Thought that I muted, but I yeah. had been muted and unmuted myself and then let out this hideous, disgusting sounding phlegmy cough. Tell me more. And then muted myself afterwards. <laughs> what a disaster. I thought about it all weekend. Sorry, sorry Mark. Why would you think about it all weekend, Mark? Yeah, it don't think about deal. it. it this is the whole thing, Dan. Like, we're go, different. Greg. You talk about like, and you're right, Wes, it is probably pathological <laughs> to have misophonia, but I have like many pathogens or whatever you want to call it other that others do not. It's not a great thing. It's one of the things. I know, we're and, not all the same. You're you know, right. Thinking about the yeah. cough all weekend is not something that you would do. You'd be over it in about four minutes. You love to make <laughs> gross sound four effects minutes. In, in general. So <laughs> I felt embarrassed. It was not a good look. It was just like, it, it's like how well, I'm really sorry. I brought it up. <laughs> this, yeah, we are down a, a dark wormhole here. Okay. Um, all right. So here we go. Go get my lunch. It is a game we love to play. We track it with the help of the great Nick Fortier. 
who for years now has run his own website dedicated to this particular segment, gogetmylunch.org, and it has everything, every prop proposition we've ever made on this show uh, in terms of predictions, sandwich props. Uh, and what is what does it mean, the sandwich props? It's not something we really pay out. Now we have an excuse not to do it because there's a global pandemic. Uh, but each of us makes a prediction, and then you can either choose to agree with the prediction or say no, go get my lunch, and sandwiches are on the line, hypothetically. And I'll just give you guys a couple of quick notes before we get the predictions rolling. All-time standings, again, all this thank you, Nick Fortier. Greg, first place, you've gotten 52.5% of your uh, predictions slash reactions correct. Dan behind at 52, Wes at 50.8, Mark at 46.8. But in Mark's defense, he does have the all-time sandwich prop prediction with the uh, Nick Foles play, was it? What was it again? Well, I mean, there's a lot to pick from, but that would be one of them. He never got credit. Oh, no, you got that one The Baker Mayfield Mayfield. is going to take over in week three and lead a comeback or something. That was was insane. And in Mark's defense also is like these records are now over like six or seven years. So it's he had a – First bad three years, so I was like three years. He's three years behind. It takes a while <laughs> to climb that hill. It's tricky, right? You were kind of a you were a a franchise that is like taken down to the studs, and you were in a deep rebuild, and now you're on the way up. And you need them to press finally, refresh on those records at some point. Or I'll, I'll get into that. I'm going to get into that website and see what's up with that coding and make some changes. Scrub it. And finally, as we always do before we make our official predictions, there are a few that pop up. Uh, leading up to this time of year. And Nick, again, tracks all this stuff. So, for instance, uh, Mark, you um, challenged us. You said Matthew Stafford is not on the Lions' week one roster. Dan, Greg, and Wes all took you on that. So you are already down three sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah, Really? (laughs) Well, you know, you got to go. I like to go for it. You were pretty hot about that for a while. I like to go for it and swing for the fences, and I pay for that. Part of your – that's that's part of your Lions about face this offseason, which has been interesting. Is you were very hot on that Stafford thing uh, early in 2020, and now you've come to the other place where Stafford and the Lions are ready to do something special. I also had Rob Gronkowski plays in 2020, Ooh, so I, I got about three that. sandwiches on that. So now Greg, Mark, and Wes all owe me one. Good job. Good. I'm off to three and zero start. Now I'm going to give some back though because I also said Le'Veon Bell is not on the Jets in 2020. Wes, you didn't take me up on that, but Greg and Mark did. So I'm three and two to start the season. Now, the predictions. I still think Le'Veon Bell might not make it to the end of 2020, but he's here to start the season. So I take the L on that one. Uh, let's get it going. Mark, since right. you're always the wild card in this game, why don't you start us off? I will. And this is something that um, I don't think oh, I ever would have. One yes. more thing, Ricky. Ricky, uh, you have time to prep. As is tradition, the producer gives us one prop as well. So I'm ready. I got it. All right, great. All right, go ahead, Mark. I don't think I would have made this prediction a month ago because it would have seemed um, it was too shaky. But here it is. No games will be canceled in 2020. <laughs> it's always something. Well, no, wow. I think that's it's, it's it's we've never had a football season where that seems more possible um, and. You know, the future is a total mystery. 
but I'm going with no games canceled. I know, but now like you've it. now you've flipped it from like you're rooting for something terrible to happen to like making us have to root for something terrible to happen if we take on this completely realistic bet. I mean, a realistic prop that it's you could see it going either way. But I don't want to root for that, so I'm not taking that on. It's like yeah, I don't want to be I pumping abstain. my pumping my fist when a bunch of people get COVID. Well, I, I mean, abstain. you don't have to go from that angle, but okay. <laughs> do we have to part. I think. Do we have to part, ahead, uh, postpone versus canceled? Ooh. Well, yeah. Wh- what were the words? Important what to do that Was postponed or canceled? Well, my feeling was the spirit of it was that nothing would even be delayed. So off of an original. Yeah, so date so I'm game. not gonna like I'll you know I know that people go back and listen to these recordings and type everything we say down, but I I'm saying no delays, no cancellations. I so even if a game, even if a game was scheduled Sunday and then they had a scare or somebody, so they pushed it to Tuesday at Ford Field instead at a neutral field, that would count to you as the season being postponed on some level. Well, I don't like what I've just done here, but uh, no, I'm I'm going with clean slate across the board. So it could, be, it could be a hurricane too. We've seen that with some hurricanes. No, like, can we make it Corona related? Not like <laughs> all right, Corona related. So now you really are making us root for Corona. I, I mean, know, this is the weather, the weather related, election related. There's so many different ways to cancel sporting events these days. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not taking you up on it, Mark, because I just want everything to be okay, Me and too. that's what I'm gonna root for. Well, that's fine. That just, it's not that worth the sandwich like a, win. That Mark, that feels fine to me, Wes. I don't. I don't know where well, you. I'm down definitely on taking this because yeah. no matter what I think, it has no bearing on the outcome. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> exactly. But Mark, it, Mark is a huge fan of like you know climate change. He's just like you no, know, he's like, you know, oh, out there and Dan are such wonderful human beings not to engage in the sandwich <laughs> prop. I mean, okay, no, you know what? Give me a break, Wes. Wes, I've always kind of viewed you as something of a uh, shaman. Uh, you put energy out into the universe, yes. whether you realize it or not. I'm not putting that energy out there. I, I agree. Yeah, um, it, it's like one raindrop in a million, the way you're talking <laughs> about this energy. I've seen what's happened the last six months, and what I think about the football season having a canceled game just means nothing. That's Wes, fair. if you win this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shotgun a sandwich over to your house via Grubhub. Thank you. Appreciate it. The courage that right. it took to take me up on that bet. I, I see it from over here in this house. <laughs> All right, Mark, you're up. I mean, Greg. Again? <laughs> okay. Um, let's do a quick one uh, to get us going. You know, like a like a palate cleanser. Ouch. What are we Insinuating thinking? Insinuating that Mark did not get us going. No, no, no. Oh, not saying that because I've got know. one. That, you know, I tend to go on a little bit. I'm looking at this. Uh, these bottom two boxes. We're taping this on video too, in addition to the podcast. And it used to be the the kissing cousin corner, Mark and Wes. But now they're more like the. Uh, the Josh Allen jabronis. That's what that's what they are. Always defending Josh Allen. And uh, so I'm going to do a Josh Allen one and say Teddy Bridgewater winds up with more yards this season. And you can include rushing too. Get, give a little edge there to, to Josh. Um, then Teddy Bridgewater has more yards than Josh Allen by the end of the season. Air yards per attempt, or because that's only doesn't matter per right? attempt. Doesn't matter per attempt. Rushing and passing. I'm going to okay. give you rushing. I'm going to let you count rushing, where obviously that, that helps Allen uh, out a little bit. Teddy Bridgewater, a guy you guys have mocked uh, and derided on this podcast um, for for months, really. Well, and, I, you know, uh, Greg versus I'm your not, guy. I'm not. I might not take you up on it because I just don't want to put oh. that energy out into the skies. Like how how will Josh? <laughs> no, I'll take you up on it in a, in a second. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you up on it in a second too. 
<laughs> I like that. And I've got my own Josh Allen. So one you, you, you're also involved. I just, uh, you are, a, uh, you have been made, making a lot of jokes about Teddy too. So I guess I should have involved you as well. I'm in. Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen will have more passing and rushing yards for sure. So I'll take you on it. <laughs> I like it. I like this one. <laughs> You're going down with that Teddy ship, and I, yeah, I yeah, that. I'm going to. All right, Wes, do you want to do you want to uh, dovetail and give us a little uh, more Josh Allen fun? I do indeed. One of Greg's mm. little uh, corporate mandated assignments last year was uh, an article, like an MVP index by December, writing each week who's in the top ten in the MVP race. Here's the prop: Greg's reviled Josh Allen finishes higher. Than Greg's beloved Cam Newton and Tom Brady in the final year-end MVP index. Huh. Wait, but what if wow. what if none of them ever make it? Which feels like the most. Well, then logical. I lose because I, I'm lose. counting on Josh Allen being on there. To be fair, I think it. You know, the one I did was is only a top five, so that is that is being one of the best players in the league. Maybe I could extend Whoa. it to West. Uh, to 10 just for uh for oh, yeah, do pick? twice the work just for this yeah, I like that <laughs> I don't, don't even put any comments just with five extra names <laughs> that would make it more fun i'd have to go check i don't even remember this thing um but i'll take you up on it regardless because i do not i have i clearly do not see him being involved in the mvp discussion if he's in the top 10 of the mvp discussion i've got some egg on my face that's for sure i don't know with with greg and gambling the fact you know it's already murky and now you're gonna add in him having control on this of this or something <laughs> On some level, like I don't know if I want to be involved with this. I'm going to stay out of this one. I'm out. All right. Yeah, you know what, Dan? Like that's that's very sensible. That that ex- Greg is not going to want to lose that, and so he's if someone else is the author, maybe. But I'm going to hang away from this because you I don't guys, trust this Greg. Is how you're not, this is how you're in fourth place, Mark. He, I, he's giving you sandwiches for free. All, all you need is Josh Allen to not be an MVP candidate. Hey, hey, let's make the top twenty like quarterbacks or QBR uh, first. No, I think we? he's going to be sensational. So I also just don't believe it with my heart. I think he's. I think Wes is right. Mm. I can't, so I wait, can't if Josh Allen. Part ahead, of, part of the reason for this was for Greg's integrity be, to be a topic on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take it then. I like I'll, that. I'll, I'll put him. It. I'll put him in there if he deserves. All right, it. I'll Don't take it worry. too. I'll take worry. it. Oh, wow. Good angle. I'm into. We're all in. So, because I was sometimes this game confused me. I thought if Josh Allen was not a top ten MVP candidate, I would lose, but that would mean I would win as well. So, like multiple know. things have to go right for West to to nail this, right? Right, right. I should have kept my mouth shut actually and given you guys easy sandwiches. Or Greg, I should say. <laughs> when uh, losing game. When Matt Barkley's starting in week 15. Ouch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, I, I'm taking a different tack this year because what happens with Go Get My Lunch, same thing happens every year. It's so hard to get any of your predictions right. And then the way you stay afloat is by cashing in on other people's failed predictions. So, like, I've now reached a point where I'm no longer trying to, like, figure out, oh, this is going to trap them because this is going to happen. It's impossible to know. So I'm just going to do is pick the things that I want to see happen. Yeah. And maybe, again, all that, Mark, all that positive energy just shooting I, out of the body. I love the strategy. It was my Taysom Hill touchdown one from a year ago. It was fun to root for something good mm. to happen. So mm. go for So how about this? Despite all evidence to the contrary over the last couple of years that he's still this guy, how about – Aaron Rodgers is an all pro in 2020. Wow. 
I'll take you on that. I would I would love to see it and and we'll give first you first or second team. We'll give you second team. I was going to clarify that is a high honor just to be second team. So that 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 would count. Um, and even a tie on for the second team, which sometimes I happens. am really banking hard on the obviously nebulous uh, Hall of Fame, you know, special player wh- who's been you know slighted by his team and has something in the tank and something to prove. Angle, and I know I'm going to lose the sandwich prop because there's so many great quarterbacks in the league. On huge onions. It's an onion it hanger right onion at the hanger. top for sure. It's so it's it's so hard to become an all pro even if you have a great year. But why not? Why why not? Rogers at, at a motivation level never he's never had at a crossroads in his career. He puts together something to like really put the Packers in a difficult spot where if he has a monster year this year and then they have Jordan Love on the second year of his rookie contract, which is gold in today's gold currency in today's NFL. That puts him in a really hard spot. I think Rogers is going to do it, and that's why I'm going to say, "F it, he's an All Pro." I love it. It would be a fun league to watch if Rogers uh, gets to that. I agree. Still, it's more I'm fun with Rogers. My unemotional side is definitely taking you on that. I, I will take you on it, but I I like where you're going with it, and I see it as a possibility. Hmm. I will West. also say I'd love to see it, but I think Rodgers has too much baggage at this point. He can't go through yeah. four months without ruining it in some way and hitting a slump. Yeah, well, you're probably right about that, but we'll see. All right, let's go through. We're going to go three props each, so Mark, get us going round two. All right, our friend Daniel Jeremiah <laughs> um, will leave NFL Network not in disgrace, but with much praise after the season, becoming the general manager of an NFL team and never responding to any of our text messages ever again. <laughs> Wait, so if he, if he gets the job, but he does keep responding to texts, well, we that's win just a little prop. that's a little flavor the on the end because I'm not see. You know, this is where because we get in trouble with this, Mark. You have these great predictions, but you add these flavors, and then when they don't happen, you don't count them. How about this? He becomes, be a, he becomes a general manager. And okay. the spirit of him kind of like ditching us a little bit will be in, will be present. Now, well, will he, well, you know, will he send us a text message? Maybe, but like, are we still going to be palling around with Daniel Jeremiah? He will largely ghost us. I love, um, it. I love it. We need a date on this. How about, but you know, before we tape the Super Bowl, uh, go get my lunch props. Cause it, you know, this is getting, this is getting murky that you're going so deep into January here. Right. It'd be really late. Right, that would be late after Super Bowl. So I'm fine with it being Super Bowl, Super Bowl, the the end of Super Bowl, uh, th- fifty five. The, or, the yeah, or even even the prediction. Yeah, even the the week before. Yeah, the sure, props sure. should pay off before we do the Super Bowl uh, show. It's already annoying me that w- we know when we do the little recap right after the season, we're gonna have to wait for this one. Um, but uh, <laughs> DJ's gotten offers in the past, and uh, he hasn't taken it because it's good to be DJ. He's got a lot of children. He's uh, in San Diego, very stable job. I mean, it could be, you know, it's not easy, but it could be more taxing. I think being a GM is a lot more taxing. So I don't think he wants to leave this. Here's my thought on it. I I can totally see him one day going back into the league in that role, but jumping straight to the GM, even with his scouting experience, I could see his buddy Joe Douglas hiring him as like a right-hand man for a year or two, and then maybe him leveraging that down the road to be a GM. But I'm going to take you not because I don't think Daniel could leave because that could happen, but because that jump seems Hmm. 
pretty big. So I will take you on that. Well, it feels like a Mike Mayockian jump to me. And I think that people out there might think that Daniel doesn't Jeremiah, happen a lot, though. It doesn't, but it represents the, like but it's also the Raiders. The, the Raiders are it's a that was a very Raiders move, which I didn't say. I don't mean that's good or bad, but like the a Raiders team does that. Not too many teams would have done that. It would be a little different. I just want to commend Greg and Dan on their analysis of this, just unpacking the permutations of this, of this prop. I mean, w- without six or seven years worth of experience, I don't know we could get to this level of analysis, but you guys <laughs> nailed it. And, and I agree totally. I think that at some point in DJ's life, yeah, this will, this will become a realistic option. But I agree that because of the ages of himself and his children right now, I don't think he leaves for a GM job. And he is the oft-coaxed mm. Daniel Jeremiah. I mean, this is an <laughs> annual thing for him where they try to poach him from NFL Network. I'm not sure if he's ever been offered the GM job, so maybe that would be different. But but I, well, I would take you up on it. I, I agree with the analysis put forth by my esteemed colleagues here. All right. Well, he's got to get to that. He's got to get to that second <laughs> peak, you, like Weiss. It's the the second peak when the kids go to college. Then you then you soar again. That's his time. Or so you pay for their college yet. by doing like, this. You know, it's, <laughs> college is not cheap. Uh, all right. Um, Greg, you're up next. All right. You know, I feel like, uh, LA gets a bad rap, you know, it's like the pandemic hits and people are just like, Oh, you know, the traffic or, Oh, it's like, I want to go back to my real home where there's seasons and stuff. Oh, LA, you know, it's like phony people like, Hey, how about love the one you're with? I love Los Angeles. This pandemic, it's brought me closer to it. Uh, oh, this hard knocks. We're going to put the two chargers and uh, Rams. Thank God for this pandemic. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying I, lo- I do love L.A. the more I've lived here. And uh, people thought this Chargers-Rams was going to be a snooze on hard knocks. And uh, you know what? It's been interesting. It, it, these teams have come through, and I think they're going to keep coming through. So how about a little hometown spirit here? Both the Rams and the Chargers make the playoffs this year. And, um, you know, my daughter, Ellis, who's a Rams fan, will, will certainly be happy with that. It's very on brand. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Both L.A. teams make it. And remember, well, seven teams make the playoffs in each conference this year, so that's going to help a team like the Chargers and the Rams, frankly, as what to me appear to be fringe playoff teams. You You might get one. You won't get both, so I will take you up on it. It feels like there are more fringe teams than ever this year. I think that's working against Greg, and I'm not buying the Chargers quite yet as a playoff team. Um, don't trust the quarterback. It's that simple. So I will take you up on it. It's like, ooh, yeah. I, hate, I hate this weather and the you know all the different cultures and the great food. What who's saying? I want to I want to go back home to winter. <laughs> the people like don't. I find that most of the people that don't like LA are people that actually have never lived here. Right. And then it's, okay. there's a little bit of, there's also a little bit of jealousy cooked in because they know how nice it is here. Uh, 120 degrees yesterday, notwithstanding. But I always thought that as someone who's now lived in LA for like 12 years, I get why people try to hate on LA. But Me the too. people that actually live here tend to fall for it. You are mine. I think you are all in the same place. I've been here seven years. Too. And a little piece of my soul dies every day, you know. Wow. <laughs> Wes, I do feel like you have more more uh, love for L.A. than you did in the first couple months when I would drag you down to Irish Times and you would uh, 
make it very clear no, you were a fan of, of Los well, Angeles. Well, yeah, the first, first few years were full fear and loathing of L.A., and now it's more just like mild acceptance that my soul is slowly draining. And now, now in, in a few more years, you'll just you'll be because <laughs> here's the thing. You're going to have these these beautiful memories with Link, and then you're going to think like, you know, that's that's my home. My family's my home. There you go. This is this is misophonia from Wes because I do remember the transition <laughs> yeah. was difficult. And then I remember him saying on numerous occasions, right around the time when he was falling in love with Lakeisha, how much he was enjoying in LA and he feels like he found a home. And now you've you've kind of you're ebbing and flowing, it seems. Well, I think my number one issue with LA is stomping on people. Like there's no real family here. People move from their families in other parts of the country, come here, put themselves first, and then stomp on everyone, measure themselves against everyone by the power dynamic in every relationship, and are suspicious of everything that does not involve 100% mm. selfish interest. Jeez. I mean, that author next door really must be uh, giving you guys the business lately. <laughs> That's just how I feel about LA. I don't know how he got the show back after that, but we're going to keep going here. Um, all right. Who's up? Is it? Wes? It's me. Who just went? It's Wes. Go ahead, buddy. And by the way, what, Greg, I will take you on that. I think the Rams are a playoff team, but I don't think the Chargers are. Good. All there right. You all. Scary Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark. One of the two will finish in the top five in fantasy points at wide receiver. Hmm. Who wow. I'm going to take it regardless, but just for uh, housekeeping, is this points per reception scoring or not? No, we go by standard fantasy points. Standard. Points per reception is, so, a, is an outrage. Okay. Don't give these guys points for catching a ball. Okay. <laughs> reasonable minds disagree. I, I think I would be in well, that. I, but, not, uh, not reasonable, but okay. But I'll, I'll take you either way. Here's a backwards pass for five yards. Give him a point. <laughs> I love it. We, you know, we, I love it. Give him a point. Really hard to catch that bubble screen behind the line of scrimmage. Chark, Chark would be amazing, but uh, Terry, Scary Terry is the guy I think I could lose this on, that he could do it, but I'm going to take you on. The fundamental flaw with the prop here and why I'll be taking it is there are so many awesome quarterbacks in the league that are paired with great wide receivers. This is a Gardner Minshew, Dwayne Haskins wager as well on some level. And I just like many other tandems out there to put up those numbers. So I will take you. I'll take it, Wes. But I I think that we're being – DJ Chark feels like he could do it. I think the Jaguars are going to be playing from behind week after week. Minshew, if competent, and I believe in Minshew, is going to he they connected right away last year. DJ Chark and Minshew had big plays right out of the gate starting week one. So I think I think there's going to be big totals and a big fantasy year on a terrible team. Mm. The quarterback point is valid, Dan, but there's a flip side to that. When you're easily the number one threat in an offense and there are no real number twos, number threes, and number fours, you're getting funneled targets pretty heavily. That's true. That's true too, for sure. Um all right, I'm up. Like I said, things I want to have happen. And I know it's not likely, but the Jets enter week 17 with a mathematical path to the playoffs. Well, I'll take you on that. Um, there there are seven teams making it, which is certainly playing into my Rams and, and Chargers uh, pick. Rams would have made it last year, in fact, if there was a seventh team. And, and the AFC East could be so bad that – Seven and eight has a chance going into week 17. So you could backdoor it that way or, or any way you want. But I still 
personally see the Jets as, as one of the worst teams in the league and, and feel like the Bears, I mean, the Bills have a pretty high floor um, and, uh, and that's going to hurt. I will, Dan, I will take it. I like the optimism and I really like it for Greg Williams to finally get a head coaching job off of like a four game win streak as the interim head coach. So, uh, you know, arrow up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there's every case to make that the Jets are going to go four and 12, including Adam Gase being so bad at this that there's some type of total meltdown by week eight. Uh, but just like to try to spin it optimistically, if the defense is okay, and as much as people are, including myself, have said that like Sam Darnold is not getting a chance, this year the offensive line is getting very good uh, grades uh, for people covering the team, that this could work and it's going to be a much better unit. And then the, while no one is going to confuse uh, the Jets with a great uh, group of playmakers. It's not terrible. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Bashard Perryman, Denzel Mims, uh, Jamison Crowder, Christopher Herndon. There are some pieces there. So then it becomes for me, like, do you believe Sam Darnold can get better and make the leap? And by this time next year, people will be like, oh no, he's the quarterback of the Jets. And I, I sincerely hope and also believe it. So this is a Sam Darnold wager for me more than anything else, that he keeps them interesting and in the mix because he will get better. We'll see if it actually plays out that way. Probably won't. All right. I'll take you up on that. I think more chance of the Gase meltdown happening. Yeah. All right. One more round. Let's uh, let's hit it quick. Uh, Mark. All right. Now, I want to remind you that in a very weird 2020, there were reports <laughs> that bubbled up um, months ago that got basically didn't even make headline stacks. Uh, released footage of Navy, naval officers um, on multiple occasions encountering UFOs with no idea what they were. You can go find these. There's actual transcripts, all of it. And I, it, in another year, it would have been big news. It would have been a discussion point. And there's more stuff to come with it. I think that we are going to get um, some very surprising yet crystal clear evidence uh, during before this football season ends that you know, to go a step further, that the government will be forced to acknowledge um, interaction with life beyond Earth. And my prop is this, that there will be a moment um, where Bill Belichick is forced to answer at least one question in a press conference about his view on this and what it means. Um, I'm going to go with one, but I think there will be follow-up questions too until Bill finally, you know, spills the beans on how he feels about this. I know this sounds <laughs> well, crazy, but I mean, that would have been risky to go with the follow-up, but you're playing right. it safe well, now. Yeah. This, this is based on the fact that this stuff is, these, these news reports are already out there. And so I think something more declarative, more crystal clear will bubble up and coaches will be asked, but I'm picking Bill Belichick specifically. Well, thank so you for like making it no, because it was going to be nebulous again and cause issues. But once you, it doesn't matter like how how much we we need to buy into it or whether it counts as something that's crystal clear. As right. long as Belichick is asked about it, right? And you it don't can't have to be believe you, by it the yourself. Way. It can't that, be you. No, 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 it can't be me. And you don't have to you. believe in in yeah. the theories or the evidence yourself. Just that Bill Belichick must be asked about it. I would imagine he doesn't believe it either. Here, I just don't. Right. You want can't. To hear you Mark can't ask Conkin. it either. Right. I don't want to hear be, Mark talking be because if if the following circumstance happens, uh, our outgoing, hopefully president, um, you know, 
admits uh, some contact with the aliens, but no one ever asked Belichick about it. You lose the prop. I lose and the you, prop. And, you, and you, know, you, know, you don't start tweeting about it and saying like, oh, yeah, I was close <laughs> enough. No, that's what it usually happens. Uh, but no, <laughs> you, got, you need the question. I, I, listen, I've tried to make these less long and stuff and more you know, clear, and this is Bill Belichick needs to be asked. And no, Dan, it will not be me asking it. That would be... Pathetic. If I had to get to somehow get to Foxborough to ask the question, no. sign into the. World. You don't have to go to Foxborough anymore. Zoom well, bomb I, it will not be me asking. I'll take you up on it. I mean, um, yeah, for sure. It feels more possible thing. than ever, uh, but I still will take take you up on it. I feel like it feels. Wait, less why does possible? everyone think? Yeah, what here's, is this that feels more we, possible than ever stuff? Because what did I miss? we because. Um, we have an administration that has shown an active interest in this sort of content going back to before they were an administration and um, is kind of into it. So at least, that you know, that, that feels more possible than in any other previous uh, administration. Well, I think most years that I've been at NFL Network, Bill Belichick has been answered, has been asked more questions than other coaches because of Super Bowl week and media night. And I don't think he's getting that this year. Mm. I don't think he's getting the question about UFOs either. <laughs> all right. So we all take you up on it. Okay. Uh, Mark, Greg. Let me see. You got a couple left. This is supposed to be the onion hanging round, really. Although you've taken all. You should have at least mine. one onion at you, some you've point. You've taken you both of mine com- uh, completely, but I'll go for the more onion, interesting one because the other one's fantasy wrong. and, you know, that's Mark's corner now. I uh, I will just say the, the defending uh, NFC champions and number one overall pick, I mean overall seed in the NFC a year ago, uh, the 49ers do not make the playoffs. Ooh, I love it, Mark. Missing Frank, all around. I love it. You have been you have been hinting and and poking at the Niners for about three or four weeks on the show. You've been hiding what's obviously uh, a feeling from you that you're way down on them, but you haven't really come out and say it. You finally do that they dive bomb out of postseason contention with an extra playoff scene in the mix, too. Yeah. I got to take you up on that. I one. mean, of course, I, I can see I the other. I don't feel that hot about it. Of course, I see the other route. <laughs> um, but I think it's more likely than people uh, would give it credit to. A very deep NFC, a very good division. Um, and I it could see things going sideways. It's a good one. This one could go either way. I Ooh. think I'm going to stay out. Woo! Ooh, wow! I'm taking you. Wow! It's gonna cost. That's gonna cost you a sandwich, Wes, over at that great Santa Monica deli that uh, Aline loves so much. Bay I City. mean, every every day a different 49er go down with an injury, right? That's a bad know. luck. It's, that's a bad luck. Recency. It is. It's recency back. bias. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, admit it. All right, Wes. All right. Here's my onion hanger. Neither Drew Brees nor Tom Brady finishes the season as QB1. Ooh. Neither. Wait, what? Both? It could be by injury. could be by benching. Okay. Okay. Wow. I love that it. is an Not one or the other. Neither Not one or the both. other. Both. Neither That's- one finishes the season atop the depth chart as the starting quarterback. That's like four over 40 onion hanging hangers. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of onions. I, I, Wes, that's great. That's legit onion, and I'll take you on it. I will too. Because they've I, been two of the most remarkably durable quarterbacks in the history of the league uh, as I mean, well. What would happen, if you, early. Put, what would happen if you put Peyton Manning out there right now? Sooner or later, the body right. fails. Brady would have to get hurt. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine, no matter how bad he plays them, um, 
putting in Blaine Gabbert for him yeah. because of Josh performance. Rosen understands. No one's getting benched. <laughs> what if the Bucks are like six and ten, or f- you know, five and ten in week week seventeen? I could see like a, a crazy scenario where the Saints season went horrible. And look, I have them in the Super Bowl, so I don't believe this. But that they're five and five, and Sean Payton uh, calls on uh, old Jameis in the bullpen. But that would be a wild uh, timeline to be living in. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So do we all take? Yeah, yes, I'm taking that. We yeah. all take. All right. Finally, uh, I have Kai Forbeth currently unemployed, <laughs> hits a game-winning field goal in the final minute of regulation or overtime at some point this season. Not only does he find his way back to a roster, he should be on a roster right now. The Cowboys did him dirty on a number of levels. Uh, he will also find himself in a big spot and, most importantly, execute in the biggest of all spots late in the game when the team needs him. Mm. I, I'm taking you on this, and I think that you've tapped Wait, Will you guys into... give me game-tying field goal, too, or does it have to be a game-winner? No, game winner. What, game about winner. An extra, right. what about an extra point? No. It has to be field goal? No. I couldn't okay. do that. I couldn't. You got to go here. for it with game winner. Then, then when you win, when you do win this, Dan, like it's going to look. Yep. It's gonna Patriots look don't great. have a kicker right now. They have two on their practice squad, none on their active roster. They did have that week with Kai last year, didn't they? Maybe they could give him, give him a call. Kai's been, been around. <laughs> He's been around the block. But Kai gets signed. Kai wins a game. Doesn't have to win the game necessarily, but puts a team ahead in the final minute or overtime. Yeah, sure. That would All be right, fun. I'll take it. That would be fun. Now I do want him back in the league just to see, just oh, yeah. like to be tracking this development in the final <laughs> minutes of, of two teams that are way out right. of contention in December. You got skin in We're the game. We're going to have our own red zone. <laughs> Kai Forbeth red zone. Um, all right, before we say goodbye, Ricky Hollywood, as per tradition, Erica, uh, we always have a producer that makes a prediction, you know, and it's such a great tradition because Sydney. Oh, oh, we miss Sydney. I hope everything's going well with her. She had some great predictions back in the day. She was so yeah, great what at were it. They? What do you remember from them? Uh, there was there was one about uh, Ezekiel. Who was it? Ezekiel Anza. You're right. Yeah. yeah. BYU. Oh, yeah. like her. Erica didn't yeah. think we'd remember one, but we did. Multi- that went yeah, terribly wrong. I think a league leading sack season and it was such a great conversation and we really enjoyed it. And now it's time for you, Ricky, to make your own prop. Well, thanks for that. You guys, um, (laughs) after rushing 462 times for 1,940 yards and 12 touchdowns during his two years with Washington, right? Adrian Peterson is now with the lions, but the lions have carry on Johnson. They have the rookie Deandre Swift, who's a little banged up, but it, could not be as bad as as we think, and even, you know, Bo Scarborough. Mm. So here's my depth chart order. So Swift is going to be first, then Johnson, then Peterson, okay? All that being said, Adrian Peterson (laughs) will still have more than 500 rushing yards this season. Hmm. Look, she did her homework. It's a good one. Stepped up. So the depth chart, though, has nothing to do with it. No, no, that was more just a little accoutrement. Much like a lot of Bar Scarborough love on this pod, didn't it? Yeah, I think he's even on the practice squad. He's on the injured reserve right (laughs) now, but um, five (laughs) hundred yards. That feels like a perfect uh, over under. It's a good Uh, one, Ricky. If you were in the desert, where you would you would get about equal equal pick equal action on both sides. Adrian Peterson stays in the picture, but but intriguing. I'll take you up on it because it just feels unsporting. Um, I think this is your first one on on. Is it? I don't know. 
I don't remember I last year. About you Gronk know. coming okay. back. Oh but, my god! Uh, didn't I say that? No. Well, sorry. we we it had to be last year. Nick, if I, uh, Nick Portier doesn't document it. It didn't happen. I'll take you. You 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 got a good chance, I think, uh, to either like win this by a lot, or he's not on the team in week four. I know. <laughs> one one or the other. Yeah, Mark. I'll take you too. I, I I think it's a this is a great prop, and I he could get he could help you out early on. I think he's going to see a lot of work on Sunday, and if they like him, and Derek Bevel or Daryl Bevel knows him very well, and uh, if he brings consistency to the Lions, he might get close to that number. So I'll take it, but I think he did a good job. All day stays in the picture. He, every time people write him off and say, "Oh, he has no path to playing time." Uh, now Darius Geis isn't around getting hurt all the time anymore, but I still think he does. I think he comes close, but I'm going to take you up on it uh, in the spirit of the game, Ricky. And just uh, we have somebody that documents all this stuff. This is your second a- ever wager back in 2017, Ricky. You um, said that Julian Edelman, after he tore his ACL uh, in a preseason game, you said he'd come back and play that oh, yeah. season. Oh, that's right. And you got it. Yeah. You got that wrong. Yeah, I did. You, that so was where you were. Lifetime. You were at one at that point working your way up the depth chart, um, the producer depth chart at NFL.com. Yeah, you were the most we had multiple starters. Yeah, I love that it's a tradition that you have your producer, you know, give a sandwich prop every year. And this is my second one over the last three years. I think you were on vacation. I think you you took the weekend off. I believe. I, I'm trying to think. So okay, let's, then let me let's, let's make, not, let me make up blame for us here. Let me make up for the Cancun. Edelman one. Let me, right, well, let me for the record, I'm taking that one too. Okay, maybe you Good guys job. maybe you guys will go with this one. Julian Edelman had six touchdowns in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen with Tom Brady, okay? And um what year was Cam Newton getting all that MVP buzz? Twenty fifteen, okay. In twenty fifteen, Edelman had seven touchdowns. Okay. God works in mysterious <laughs> ways, boys. This year, Edelman will have eight touchdowns with Cam Newton. Mm. Boom! It, Wait, you're exactly eight or at least eight. At least eight. Oh yeah, you helped her out. At there. least eight. Um, he's only he's had six the past two years. Yeah, you're putting me in a tough spot because I don't I don't like going with stuff I want to root against, even even if it uh, mathematically makes sense. So uh, I, I don't want to take you on this. I want to see them flourish. I want to see it be twelve. Yeah, this is easy for the exact opposite reason Greg just stated. I am taking you on this. He's going to flame out just like the rest of the Patriots. I'll I'll take you on it. I'll take it. I think it'll be funny if he gets seven and then Cam Newton just rushes for the next touchdown. <laughs> I know. Of it at him. Will be funny. All right, there you go, Ricky. You're now on the books for multiple sandwiches. And yes, again, go get to track all of this, and we will, like we always do. God willing, the couple days before the Super Bowl, we'll revisit this and see how we all did. Here's a little prediction for you. We're all going to do terrible. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of optimism. Uh, And another reminder coming up on Wednesday, in addition uh, to – sorry, schedule's different now. So Thursday is the next time this podcast will show up because there will be the uh, two shows on Thursday, the preview of week one, and then late Thursday night, early Friday morning, you'll get our recap of – Texans Chiefs, but also Wednesday will be live on YouTube, Q&A and TNF preview. So again, check out Instagram and our Twitter handles for a link if you need one, but it's on the NFL homepage. Anything else, people? All right. Nailed it. Stuff. Fun. Fun show. All right. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, not the old man, the mailman. 
the old I'm, boss. I'm the old man now. Ricky Hollywood from West Hollywood. Till Wednesday. I almost was going to say um, next free agency period, I will be out of the country again. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I'm going to take my two-week vacation during free, free agency That'll again. That'll be a good one. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.